Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is Bleak Prospect. It was written by Scott Dorward, and it's available in the collection Nameless Horrors. Our game master is Nimrod Slor Futterman, and this is episode four. Our recap will be given by Oren Meyer as his character, Hiram Melnick. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Oren? I'm down to a gunfight now. Yeah, here we were all down and out, but no one, no one takes our kids. So we went out to find Esther and Billy. We had gotten some leads through the town and come finally to this house, this creepy house out in the countryside. Our group, Valiant, was heading towards that house, but you know, the grass was slimy. When the doc looked down, he said it kind of looked like those worms that people or slugs that were infecting people. One even bit Everett. Now, we kept on going to our house. We saw someone begging for help in the grass, but we could tell it's already too late for him. House was kind of strange. Almost like it was breathing or something. We went in, looked around the rooms, didn't see anything. I made the mistake of going into one of those rooms, and I swear that house tried to eat me alive. It wasn't help from all my other down and outers. Um, uh, I might never gotten out. They got the door open and I got out. Fortunately, um, we found Esther somewhere down in the basement and got her out um, and um, got out of the house. Uh, we got Esther to Doc and Maureen and they took off <clears throat> safely, but we decided to check out the rest of the buildings. We had seen something going on in one of the concrete buildings. There, we found all these, you know, generators in this circle or gate or something. I don't know what, but um, uh, they, we started fooling around the buttons and then um, our friend decided to um, throw a couple of switches while we, to take care of it while we got out. That's when this other car pulled up. And there was my arch nemesis Brink with a woman I care about against her will. And it's not going to end pretty tonight. I can tell you that. Hiram, you forgot the best part, the part where I jammed my knife into Roscoe's throat. Yeah, well, I'm telling the story here, not you, Thomas. Fine. <laughs> it's your arch nemesis. Pretty sure Marion's still with you guys too. Marie, uh, yeah. she she left the car and joined us. I came back, yeah, to warn about the car, and I'm. Yeah, but at the time point, we hadn't realized she's back yet. I am now brandishing my gun. <laughs> right. Okay. So, um, I'm gonna need a dex order from all of you guys. So I have sixty. Okay, so you made 50. sixty. Fifty for Thomas. Okay. 60 for Hiram. Mm-hmm. Uh, 43 for Everett. Okay. Uh, 40 um, for Carl. 40 for Carl. Okay. 
and Coombs will be in the car, so we'll deal with you soon. Um, so actually, first, after your shots, since Hiram was the only one with the gun already out when the guys were coming in, um, will be Cedric, the guy with the white cloth over his face, black hair, the first guy who got out of the car. He turns around, grabs Nancy, and just puts a gun up to her head. He tells you guys, what are you doing here? Get the fuck out of my house. Um, Maureen, I think you're next. Okay. Uh, so he's holding Nancy by gunpoint, and then is there still the other guy with the gun? So Rossetti, which is the big guy, um, mm -hmm. is completely, he's on the ground without a head, basically. Um, Brink is out of the car. He, did, he wasn't holding a gun. You don't. You can't see from this far if he's actually, you know, carrying anything. But he he didn't take anything out, so he's unarmed at the moment. Uh, I guess I'm gonna point my gun at at, at his head, uh, and I'm gonna say, uh, "You you let her go right now, or I'm gonna blow you away." To Sedgwick or Rick? Um, to the person that's holding the the woman with the gun. Okay, that's Sedgwick. Cedric, yeah. Um. And okay, if he, he, yeah, if he moves to hurt her, I'm just, I'm going to try to shoot his head. You know, I'm going to go try to go for a call shot on his head. <laughs> okay. He's looking at you. Um, you and Hiram are the ones outside at the moment, right at the door. He's like looking between the both of you. What, what the hell are you doing here? How did you get here? <clears throat> okay, so. Uh, yeah. Listen, that doesn't matter, but you need to let her go before this gets any worse for you. He's just staring between you guys. Um, Hiram, you had your go already because you were you yeah, went first. He made a big mistake. He's holding my girl. I pulled the trigger. Oh, so you're going to go next round because you did already shoot this round. Oh, okay. Then I thought we had a surprise. Okay. No, no. You just had a plus 50 because you were holding it up. Um, Thomas, you're next. Ah, <clears throat> oh, you're muted. I was uh, kind of behind people, so I'm not sure I've got a clear move at all. Uh, what's going on in the shack behind us? Okay, so in the sh in the building where you are, I mean, you still you're still in the concrete building, right? Well, we're, we've so, we've ran out. We're yeah, like coming out. Yeah, it's going to. We don't know. If so it's basically, going to in the middle of the room is a strange, like, cloud of yellow, hazy light that's glowing and pulsing and getting bigger um, since Carl started overloading the machine. Um, the machine itself is on the side, smoking a bit. Um, everyone who was inside noticed also there was a giant like vat of liquid bolted to the back wall. And it seems to be moving in response to the, um, to the yellow light in the middle of the room. Um, other than that, there were a whole bunch of tools on the side. So there were giant knives and pliers and all different kinds of stuff stuck on the wall, but all made of um, non-ferrous metal, so they weren't being pulled in uh, to the middle of the room. Is it, it would I consider it dangerous to grab one of those, or um, I would have to go back inside? But so they're not. They're not closer to the yellow light than you are at the moment because you're like right on the, the entrance and they're also on the one of the walls. So they're not, it's as, you know, as dangerous as staying 
near the building and not running away. All right. I, 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 I'm too afraid to go near it because it sucked my knife in and it sucked in what's his name's body and I'm not going to do it. But um, if I can find a rock or something, I might uh, pick up a rock. Uh, you can find a rock. Give me a left check. Not nice. Uh, 43 is not a pass. Wait, no, that's my sanity. No, it's not a pass. You do find a rock. You pick it up, and you do see some white crawly thing crawling on it. I'm going to throw at it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a throw. Nothing on it. Uh, yeah, no, it just sails over. I threw it because I didn't want anything on me. Yeah, you swear to your side to hit like the graph of like a disgusting on the side. Um, he looks at the side, looks back at you. Are, are you insane? I'm gonna. And he like pushes a gun next closer to her head. I, I'm, I'm gonna shoot her. Get, get the hell out of my house. Don't you dare. Um, there are worms everywhere. I just yell that out. Okay. Uh, free sleep. Uh, <clears throat> Does my character recognize that as Theodore Sedgwick? He's like wearing a mask. Yes, he is the only one wearing like this yellow, and not yellow, this white silk mask, like covering the bottom of his face. Mm -hmm. um, but you do recognize him from seeing him earlier. So yeah, that's definitely him. Okay. Um, well, I imagine I was one of the last people out of that room also. So I'm probably kind of in the background at this point. Um, I'll probably look for uh, some place for cover, like a corner or a, a wall. Okay, so if you want. Because I don't have any weapons on me. So the whole area next to the, to the house and this strange building is pretty barren of big places to take cover. You can either hide behind the wall inside the building, or you can run to one of the generator sheds and like hide there if you want. But you will be running like an open, in the open for a bit. Though he does seem to be pointing his head, his gun at Nancy at the moment. So, your choice. Well, I, I'm. I, I think my character. I think. Uh, I don't know. I guess my character will just freeze. I'm not entirely sure what what he would do with this. In this kind of situation, so okay. So, are you freezing like right outside the building, or are you staying inside? Uh, right outside the building. I'll just okay. Pause there and see how this develops. Okay. Yeah. Um, Carl, you're the last one inside. Like actually inside. Um, the yellow light is growing bigger, uh, and you can hear again this voice in your head whispering. Oh, there's so many new. Interesting. And then it just stops. Does it? Does it? Uh, does it sound like um, my friend, uh, the professor? Uh, yes, it does sound like the voice of uh, Aston Hawks. It is a bit echoey, mm. um, but other than that, it does sound like his voice. So you can't actually you 
you feel it in your head because you really can't hear it from any specific location. Okay. And do I think I've like thoroughly like thrown a wrench in the machine as far as like shutting this thing down and making um, sure? I'm not sure if shutting it down it seems to be like overloading, might you know, blow up or something. Um, hmm. But it is, it's definitely not functioning properly. It's like when you first hear the dive, it was kind of steady, like this circle of yellow light right in the middle of the room in that ring. Um, but since you overloaded, it seems to be growing and the machine itself on the side is like sparking and releasing puffs of smoke every few, every few seconds. So that's where it's at at the moment. As, as much as this, the, the scientist in him wants to stay and see what happens, Carl's uh, going to self-preservation is going to kick in. He's going to run outside of the, um, the little hut. Okay. So you do see Marine and Iron holding guns up, pointing at this guy who's holding Nancy next to the car, and Grand Coos seem to be panicking on the side. Hmm. Um, uh, everybody, I suggest we run. Um, and run now, and uh, I'll start, like, if I can, I'll just kind of try and, like, move, like, past and keep going, like, because it, it's going to blow up. Okay. Um, so you're making a behind the side. Um, Cedric is looking to you as you're making a run to it, but he's still holding the gun to Nancy's head, so he's not responding at the moment. Um, next will be Brink, and he's... He looks at you guys, looks at Cedric, Cedric, I, I, I told you, they're crazy. We, we got to get out of here. And he's like slowly backing away. His, his hands are raising up. Um, he seems completely in panic. Um, Marine. Yes. <laughs> uh. Well, I think uh, Harem and I both have 60, so I will... Yeah, they're both together. If, I will let him I, shoot first if he wants to shoot first, because it is his girl, so... If, if he doesn't hit, though, and I hear him shoot, I'm going to try to shoot the guy, so... If he okay. But with the shot that I've been holding. Harem, what are you doing? I am walking forward while pumping lead into this guy. Okay. I'm rolling... You roll to shoot, I'm rolling the left side for a second. Okay. Ooh. That uh, was that was kind of sweet. Uh, oh one. Oh my god. Oh. I got an O oh. two with his luck check. So roll damage for a second. Critical success. It, was, it is critical. So you know the. Um. Eight the points. Shebang. Eight points. That's ten plus eight. Right. Your gun is one d so it's 18 again, very consistent. Um, right as you're shooting, um, there's the pulse of light behind you. The gun like gets pulled back a bit from the you know magnetic force. You do release a bullet and you see this sail through, hit Brink right in the forehead, and he just collapses on the floor. But Cedric is unharmed. All right, I'm gonna Almost shoot. Like an Cedric. act of God that second. Um, Marine, you shoot. Yeah, all right, here we go. Uh, oh, and I got a seven. A seven? Yes. <laughs> going right for the yes. head. Your, your bullet hits his bullet. 
What is this? The old west? <laughs> and bounces it into Cedric. Drives it in even farther. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, D10. So, oh, ah, so it is uh, seven. So 17 damage. 17. Um, you have this pulse of light. It pulled you for a second, but then you put your gun back, give it a shot. It hits him like right in the hand with the gun. He like yells and drops his hand. He doesn't seem to go down yet, um, but he releases Nancy. She collapses, like jumps back into the car. That's um, for my daughter. This yellow pulse goes out. You hear Savage look at you. like, what have you done? And then who were, who went into the basement to get out Esther? with all the black goo and the parasite stuff. So that was Everett, Thomas, and Maria, right? Yeah. So I need you all to give me um, extreme power rolls. Oh. oh. I just used up all of my good rolls. Yeah, there's a 50. That's no. Okay, fail, fail. 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 Okay. Um, I remember you see Sedgwick, you know, curling to the side, holding his hand, is bleeding profusely, like, blooded everywhere. I think it may be lost at least three or four fingers. Um, he's swearing to himself, he's looking up at you. This yellow like pulse of light comes out of the building. Um, you look at Cedric and he seems to almost kind of like a shifted image, kind of fades into two images and then one kind of becomes semi-transparent for a second. He like looks confused. And then he looks to the side and you hear a small like pop. And you look at the side, Marine isn't there, Priestley isn't there, and Thomas behind you isn't there. Um, and we'll see where you are in a second. But meanwhile, Coombs, you're driving in the car um, outside. Esther's in the back. She's in, she's in pain. She seems a bit delirious. She's looking at you. Where's my mama? We need to get her back. She, she'll be fine. She's more worried about you. Trust, trust me. Um, where are you driving to? So, Coombs knows if he brings her back to the play, the Hoover Town, she's going to die in the Hoover Town. But he needs to pick up Billy first. So he's going to go pick up Billy and then go straight to the hospital. And uh, hopefully they could save her. Okay. So you're driving towards the camp. About half a mile before the camp, you do see this whiff of smoke coming from the direction of the camp. Um, but about the same time, there's almost like a small, almost in the back of your eye, you kind of see this yellow blink of light. Um, and you turn in a second and you see, as you're just like shaking uncontrollably in the back, it's just starts screaming. Um, she's holding herself, you see, small wriggling movement on her skin and she's just screaming for like she just keeps screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming and then she, she stops looks at you and this different accent much more mature and slightly deeper so like, oh this is strange why are you so big where are we Um, you can give me a sanity check if you want. Yeah. Uh, that's a critical fail on the sanity check. <laughs> okay, so that'll be um, six is the maximum. You're taking six. 
So give me an intelligence roll. All right, six is the maximum. Uh, was this considered another day for our uh, indefinite insanity? Um, I think you had a day in the middle when you rested, so yes. No, because that would be considered. Depends when, since when you're tracking. Uh, it w I was tracking right when we got to the house, so probably not. Oh, no, from the house, no. 31 minus 6. Well, no, well, yeah, 25. you got to roll intelligence anyway, because it was more than yeah. 5. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely uh, indefinitely insane. So Okay. I don't um, think rolling in to see if your first reaction will deal with indefinite sanity soon. Yep. Um, that is a fail. Oh, that's good. Um, so you're not going into complete shock or rage or anything fun like that. Um, but you do see Esther like holding herself up, looking at you, um, completely oblivious to. You do still see the wriggling air skin, but it's almost like slightly glowing yellow. Um, I just looks at you, slightly confused. I don't know how to respond to this. So he looks around. Where is the rest of me? He looks out the window. Oh, snowing. It wasn't snowing when I left. Uh, so my character hasn't grasped it, so he's just going to be delusions and continue heading towards the place. No problem. Um, you're heading into the camp. You see that some of the small shacks are on fire. Uh, you don't hear anyone. So it seems like people ran away or evacuated after whatever confrontation happened here. Um, but give me a luck roll. Uh, 24 is a fail. Fail. Um, you see that the medical shack where you left Billy is slightly smoking. Yeah, Coombs is going to instantly pop out of the car, turn around, don't leave the freak, don't leave the car, and then just charge towards the medical tent. Okay. Um, you're running through, you see mostly the shacks and tents that are right next to the entrance seem to have, one of them collapsed, another is slightly burning. Um, doesn't seem major, and doesn't seem like it happened very long ago. Um, you do reach the shack. It is smoking from the inside where you're like, trying to cover your mouse. Um, give me a con roll while you're looking inside. 30, that is a success. Success. You do need to keep it, keep it together and you see um, Billy lying down on the, one of the beds, still weak and his skin crumbling from before. He's like coughing, but he can't seem to move himself. Uh, but he's still there and he's definitely still breathing. Coombs is instantly going to try to pick him up kind of like this. It's okay, Billy. We're taking you to the hospital. One way or another, you're getting there. Mm -hmm. um, you manage to, you like, pick him up, you're running out. He's coughing, and then it, it gets slightly better after a few seconds when he's out of the uh, smoke. Uh, you make your way back to the car. Um, Ezra is standing outside the car looking at, like, at the tires. I told you to get, stay in the car. I'm pick in the car. We're going to the hospital. <laughs> Why are we going to the hospital? I feel, I feel fine. I mean, 
And then she like looks to the side. Can you can you shut up? No, this, this is getting very annoying. Please, 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 please. Oh, thank you. No, I'm I'm okay. The little girl is like yelling or something, but she started crying instead. So I'm okay now. Um, anyway, other than that, I'm feeling fine. What? <laughs> she just stares at you. Okay, get in the car and we'll give you a lollipop when we get to the hospital. Agree? <laughs> I don't want a lollipop. I need to find, where is, can we find the rest of me? I, th I think I left it back. The rest of you is probably at the hospital. Now let's go. <laughs> um, we can try that. I don't, well, we can go to the hospital, I guess. It's not that urgent. I mean, the rest of me will still be there when we get back. But we do need to get back sometime. But yeah, we can go to the hospital. Who's that kid? She looks at Billy. Don't worry about it. I'm going to put Billy in the front seat. No, and I'll buckle him in. Okay. He's in the back. She like pokes a bit of her, his arm where it's crumbling. Like, I don't think that's supposed to happen. Are you sure he's okay? It's the same thing's happening to you, little one. <laughs> All right. Weird. Exactly. And uh, I sit down in the car. Yep, I'm just going to drive to the hospital. Okay. Um, back to our gang in the house. Um, Thomas, Everett, and Maureen. You, you, there's all this vacuum feeling, like everything was this, this pressure, that everything went silent. And a second later, you're in this yellowish haze looking around you can almost see the outline of what everything was you do see the outline of the building and it's 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 slightly transparent but it's still half opaque so you kind of can see almost through it but with very little detail but you still like it's almost as if it's almost there but not quite um you do see each other you're all very um vivid and there um the rest of your game you also see like almost an outline of standing where they were. Um, the first thing you notice is that on the, all the grass, which is like almost smoking white and barely discernible, you can see these motes of light. And you look down and you see one of those slug things, but out from the slug, like made of light and shifting and changing, which almost like gives you a headache, are those these hands and arms and tentacles just reaching out everywhere like 20 feet above, completely oblivious to you guys, just moving around as if it's part of this thing. Um, and they're crawling on the ground. And you do see Sedgwick seems to almost be shifting in and out of focus for you guys. Maureen, what, what, what? the hell happened? Where are we? I, I, I don't know. What, what, what are we looking at? I mean, are, is this the sickness where now we're seeing things? What? Um, just as you say that, you see this like almost fish-like thing, which almost looks like a normal fish, except its body just seems to be like eternally long, like the head of a fish, and then just like almost a, a flat pulled open, like pulled across in Photoshop or something, and just swims through the air next to your head, completely oblivious to you, looks back at you, nods, and then continues swimming, and this body just flapping through the air next to you. Oh. It, it, it. But I don't feel sick. I just feel like everything is 
bizarre. Yeah, um, I am with you there. And we can only see the three of us. You could, you do see the outline of the rest of your friends, but they're they're, they're definitely they're they're kind of almost not there. Just like the house and the car. Um, I look back at the cement building. Did it explode? No, it didn't explode. The cement building is still there. The the yellow lights is very vivid and strong where you're from your side. Um, you do look around. All three of you give me spot hidden checks. Oh, I got an oh nine. Oh nine. Oh, nine. I got a, oh. I, got a, I got a two. I yeah, also okay. got a two. That's an extreme. We got extremes. I there also got a two. Extremes. Okay. Uh, um, so you do, the first thing you notice is that the three of you, um, Everett, like, in his legs, Marine in one of your arms, and Thomas in your abdomen, are these white, almost glowing lights wriggling inside you. Oh. And these kind of arms are reaching around you, like, almost hugging you. Um, you do recognize one of those slugs, like, moving inside of you, but they're almost, like, glowing, and you can almost see them through you for some reason. Um, other than that, you do notice that the house is not completely um, almost, you know, yellow and transparent. The bottom of it is, but some of the rooms where you were and the whole top of the building almost seems completely um, solid. And it's definitely moving. Um. This, these things inside of us with their tentacles wrapped around us, can we touch the tentacles? You put your hand on the tentacle, it, it responds to you and like holds you. It, it's a very strange feeling because it doesn't feel solid. It's almost like you're touching gas, but the gas is pushing back. So I can't pull um, it off. You, tr you do, you're, you pull it off, it almost seems to elongate around, like stretch when you pull it. But it is responding to your breast. Okay, so I'm trying oh. to pull it out. Get rid of it. Okay, um, give me a strength roll against I'll roll for him. Uh, uh, a regular pass. Well, you got a hard. So you're like pulling, but it's just pulling back and trying to hold on to you. Uh, I think it's time where all three of you can make sanity checks. Yeah. yeah. Ah, and there's the 56. So there I is a fail ah. here, too. Yeah. Success. Okay, success is 1d3. Um, a fail as you're looking around. This, everything is shifting. Something with geometry doesn't seem right. And then both of you see this giant, almost human-like eye, about 20 feet tall, blink open like from nowhere and stare right at you. Um, you both take D20, so. Oh, shit. That. Here we go. Ten. <laughs> That's a 10. That's a 10. That's a 10. Here 16. goes my intelligence. 16. Yeah, I think you both need to go. I'm very smart, and I succeed the intelligence check because, of course, I'm too smart for my own good. I'm not 24 sanity. I also succeed in the intelligence check. So how do you guys think your characters react to this? Uh, I'll let you think of your... Um, I scream and my head explodes. <laughs> Let's see, hold on. Uh... Well, me, 16 but... points. Christ. Let's see. That is quite quite a hit. Um, my other dice skill. Oh, there it is. 
So I got an idea. This big eye, is it like, do I see anything I could try to hide behind? It almost seems to like when you try and move aside and maybe put a building that between you, it just like you don't see it. Then you look to the side and you see it blinking from behind you, just staring at you. Because, yeah, because I mean, I, you know, somebody, you know, threatened my child and I was like, oh, no problem. I'll just shoot them. But now, you know, this giant eye monster thing and we're in some other realm, like I am completely, I am now just like cowering in fear and just like trying to like it, like infinitely just like going around trying to get out of this the view of this eye and it just keeps yeah I feel like running it. around yeah you're running around the concrete building for a while just trying to hide every time you hide you look around and you see it right behind your yeah. head yeah and you actually don't see the eye you don't know what they're yelling about i uh, uh i'm pretty sure i flee in panic okay <laughs> um where you are you i'm heading for where the gate should be okay the gate, uh, metal gate, or the gate, uh, Prospect House gate? What's the gate leading to the road outside? I'm going to okay. California. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you're making a run for it. Um, Unfortunately, I'm in the other world. So, Carl, Hiram, what are you guys doing? Hiram, you're muted. Hendrick's still there, so I'm just I'm I, as I was I was still going forward. And I'm just going. Boom again. Hey, uh, give me shots. Uh, regular success. Okay, so I got a extreme on his luck check again. So you shoot, and just right as it's coming at him, he kind of phases in again and just goes right through him. And he's like, he goes back in, and you see there's like a hole. It's almost like it's not bleeding, you know, kind of a cartoon hole just like goes all the way through. And he looks down at it and just starts screaming, like, oh my god, oh my god. And then just also phrases in and out again. Um, Carl, what are you doing? Um, so I saw, I saw everybody just suddenly disappear. They just like pop. They were, they're there and then they're just not. And, and Hiram's just shooting at a man that's kind of like appearing and disappearing. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. It's actually I'm, moving. Hiram is actually just getting closer and closer. And closer and closer, like, yeah. Um, like you're shooting, you're shooting. Every time you shoot, you like see the bullets. He kind of fades out and comes in. There's like a hole, another hole through his body, um, and he's just screaming at this point. Yes, Carl, what are you doing? I'm I'm running away. I'm going. Yeah. Okay. This is insane. Uh, you make a run for it. Um, Hiram, as you're getting near the car, you see. You start hearing Nancy like yelling in pain from inside the car. I'll, mm, Nancy's yelling in pain from inside the car. I'll go, I'll go. Yeah, you both actually hear it. And Scarlett also make you one for it. You're both. I'll go take a, take a look and see what's happening. Okay. Um, you see Nancy like almost twisting in the chair inside. And, and she looks up at you too. I can, I can feel it. Moving, it, it, it hurts. Uh, and you see, like, it's bulging in her abdomen. She's like holding her stomach. Oh, no, yes, I'm running away. Fuck this. Okay, <clears throat> I see this, you know. And, and, and so she's in the car. Is the driver's seat? Is the car, keys in the driver's seat? Yeah, the key is in the car. The driver's seat is 
it open and everything. I mean, the car is completely open. They weren't trying to All close right. the lock. And I'm going to keep in the gun and I'm going to step in the car. I'm going to keep and I go, Nancy, I'm going to get you to the hospital and I'm going to crank the engine over and take off. Okay. Um, Carl, are you joining in the car or just making a run for it? Absolutely not. I am going to run for it. Okay. I'm not going anywhere um, near her. So, Hiram, you're booking it with the car. Um, Nancy's like twisting in pain in the back. Um, give me a drive out. Let's see how fast you're getting there. Um, regular success. Okay. I'm uh, making progress. It'll be a few minutes. I mean, the town isn't that far, but it'll, it'll take you a bit of a drive. Um, so, Priestley, you're, I mean, Thomas and Marina are freaking out next to you. Thomas is like making a run for it. Uh, you can almost see like Thomas mirroring the movement of Carl. Like they're both running, but you can you can just barely see Carl like almost as a yellow outline. And Thomas, you're just running next to him. And Thomas, you you're like you're running, you're running. You see Carl next to you, you're running, and then you just you kind of bump into Carl, and then it's almost like hitting a brick wall. You're like it's almost like he's completely immobile. Just Hit him, bounce off a bit, look at him, keep running, I'm assuming, unless you're doing something. I think I'm, 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 I'm hysterical. So Okay. I'm you're just running mind. for your life. Um, Everett, what are you doing as a soul sane person? I want to. Is this strange yellow void? I want to look inside that generator shack. What, what's, what does that look like from this side? Uh, from this side, so it's also just like the other building. It's like almost like a yellow outline. You can see every bit of it, but it's kind of semi-transparent and hazy. Um, and because you can see through it, you, the door is closed, but you can see a generator like, you know, bumping inside and making some noise, though so you can't really hear it from. And uh, so, when we were in there, so when we were in there previously, we, we never managed to actually shut it down. It was still running. Yeah, so, so in the building, the concrete building, there's the machine which Carl was uh, Overloaded. Yeah. Um, next year, there's sm two small shacks with generators. So that's what I was driving at the moment. It's like, what's powering it? Um, but it's not shutting down at the moment. It just seems to be overloading. Um, well, you can almost feel like this, these pulses almost pushing you back every few seconds. Coming well, I mean, my, this my character has a few points in electrical repair, I think. So um, I suspect this is. The, this device, um, you know, it's providing the power, the energy. Um, so maybe try to find some way to sabotage it from this dimension. Okay. So you can try, when you get next to it, you're trying to like, you know, check the button, check the lever, see if there's anything that might help you. Again, it's almost like you're touching like a statue. It's just like completely immobile, not responding to you at all. <laughs> Um, and about that time, you hear like this low moan coming from behind you, and you see, and you look around, and you see the house almost like it's stretching, like moving, like rippling up and down. And it definitely, the moaning is coming from there. Um, Carl, as you're running, you see the car zoom past with Hiram inside. Um, you hear the voice in your head again. It's like, I, 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 where is, take me out, please. Where is out? I, I can't, I, I can't see. And he's almost panicking now. 
Uh, I, do, I don't, I do not know how to help you. I don't know where you are emanating from. I think I'm the only person here. I'm, I fear I am losing my mind and I'm just kind of talking to myself as I, I make as fast a pace as possible away from the house. Right. Um, Coombs, you're driving to the hospital. I think by this time you're almost getting there. And as you're getting farther and farther away, the girl's like every few seconds, like slumps down and then looks up again, doesn't seem to notice it. And then you get into the hospital like, hmm, these buildings are much taller than they remember. Very strange. Coombs is going to try to ignore her, just stay in his own insane, indefinitely insane mind. Just trying to focus. You'll go crazy later. Just, the mission will be complete. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing you're carrying Billy with you inside. Yeah, I'll freaking rush Billy inside while hopefully Esther will follow like she's supposed to. Yeah, she's, she's getting out of the car. She follows you. Very not panicked, just looking around. I'll just go straight to the AR. I don't care if I look like a homeless person. And instantly yell for my associate's name. I forget his name. Give me some. Associate. Associate! <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Cavendish. Yeah, you oh. didn't realize that was his name, did you? Cavendish? Yeah, Associate. James Associate Cavendish is his full name. Um... You yell for him, the nurse like loves panic and you bring this tiny kid who's like clearly suffering something horrible. I'm like, sir, I'm sorry, wait here, wait here. I just, and then when you, the first time you're yelling his name, you see him come down. He looks at you like wide-eyed and you're holding this kid up. Uh, yeah, cool, 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 yeah. Um, bring him in, bring him in. And he's like rushing, like taking out gloves, like trying to open like a room and like, yeah. get in here. Yeah. he. Coombs will just basically almost tackle the, the nurse uh, as he's running past her and then just lay Billy down as softly as he can. Freaking right. points at Esther. Sit on that chair. <laughs> she sits down. Now, if you excuse me, Crawley, I trust you. I'm going to go out and there and cry. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll deal with it. What, what happened to him? Mixture of hyperthermia, burns, smoke inhalation, and parasites. Oh, Jesus Christ. And he's like trying to take out stuff. He takes out, um, I mean, if you're going out, you see he's taking out all these tools. Some nurses are coming in to help him. Um, and you, you're like going out trying to keep it together. And you see Esther like sitting next, sitting and looking at you. You know, this chair isn't very comfortable. I like the car better. Just sit in the chair. We'll ride in the car later. Sound good? He looks down like almost at like taking a, a timepiece out, but he's not holding anything, like making the movement to open a timepiece. He looks at it, look at like his empty hand. Well, I mean, I still need to find the rest of me if you want to help. If not, I'll just head out. It's fine. What do you mean by that? Can you explain the rest of you? 
explain everything oh, you're yeah, saying. I, well, I left the rest of me at the house. Some of it is in the house. I mean, somebody just floating around. You know, it's very hard to keep yourself together in that place. What? He'll I mean, look at her. He looks at you like you see most obvious thing. What? What do you not understand? I don't. I don't get it. The only thing in the house is whatever the hell is the house. Oh yeah, that's me. I mean, part of me. The fishy things are also in it. I think they're very annoying. I mean, there's a bit of, some of these are inside and like, he just takes his hand, puts it in his arm and kind of what Priestley, honestly, only Priestley started with Nancy before, her tiny arm just goes straight through her body like it's jello or something and just plucks out one of these tiny slug thingies like she's holding it. I mean, they get really mixed up into you in a while. It's real. I mean, it's, it's not fun. Can you hear him? He's very, he's, he's very loud. And then he like looks at, shut up! Sorry, the girl is yelling again at me. It's, you Can know you let are. the girl have the body, please? <laughs> well, I need to find one. So he can find the rest of me and he can find a body if you want. I can, you know, look at you. Well, no, you don't have anything inside you, so I can't really get into you. But if you find another one, I don't mind looking the girl. I mean, this is very small. I'm not used to looking up at everyone. It's very weird. We'll do this. How about this? I'll talk. I'll talk to Crawley about it. Just sit tight and stay there. <laughs> she sits, looks at you. Is this enough? I mean, I'm sitting. Yes. Now what? That that's it. Just sit there. No. Okay. That's it. A few minutes have passed and since you know, got into this whole thing, and then you see, I think, um, Hiram coming in. Um, you're, also, you're also heading straight to the hospital, right? Yeah, so you're, at this moment, I think you're rushing in with Nancy. Doc, Doc, you, you had to help her. I look over and, uh, could I guess I'm probably the only doctor who isn't working on, who's here, other than the guy who's working on Billy. <laughs> um, you didn't see any doctor at the moment. I mean, it is, you know, like 1 a.m. It's, it's at, when you get there. Yeah, they um, fired me. Not very stuffed. They fired you. Um, Cavendish was, you know, took over after you left. Um, but he's busy inside. All right. Here, uh, let's bring her to this room right over here. You stay put. <laughs> Points at Esther. Okay. Hi, Esther. Oh, hi. Who are you? Don't you know me. I, I'm, She's I'm having hired. mental problems. Don't worry about it. No. Oh, Esther says hi, by the way. Like I said, she's having mental problems. Just ignore her. No, no go into the room. <laughs> you go into the room, you start laying Nancy down. A few seconds later, you see um, Esther poking her head through the door. I, I think they're eating her. I mean, that's just my professional. Esther. Opinion. I can help if you want. You can help? If you could do the same try. thing you did to yourself, sure. Oh, yeah, it's easy. I mean, you just need to look where he got in. It's, it's simple as this. Just sticks her hand into the side of her body, just goes completely through. 
comes out with this small wriggling thing that's like flapping about. Stories about the ground starts evaporating. See? I think that's Now can we get back? Sense. Yeah, you can make a sense check. Yeah. I've already deemed that my character will be at zero sanity by the end of this. <laughs> I'm not yeah, going to bother rolling it's anymore. Like it. <laughs> no, I didn't make it. So okay. let's move. I think it'll be a 1d3 plus one. Okay. We've seen crazier shit tonight. Um, three points. Okay. All right, do that. Do- do that, Susie. I'm going to call you Susie from now on because that's the name I could think of. <laughs> oh, um, my God. Esther. He looks at you, too. Um, if I help, can we get back? I really want to find the rest of me. This is I'll very take you back. I'll take you back, Esther. You just help Nancy. Save Nancy, and I'll get you back there. Oh, sure. Just, like, walks up to the body, sticks her hand in, rummages it around, just, like, as if it's, not, you know, just, like, Again, liquid jello. Takes out a wiggly thing that she looks inside. Oh, there's one more, one second. Like, just throws it nonchalantly on the floor, sticks her hand in, takes one out, and then Nancy, like, visibly calms, starts breathing slowly again, throws it on the floor. Yeah, that's it. Now, can we go back? I mean, I. Um, you saved Nancy, so I'll be more than glad to take you back. Wonderful. See, you're much more helpful than this other guy. Coombs is just going to pretend nothing happened, walk into the field, and uh, he's going to ask you, Aram, can I have my gun back? Uh, Doc, I need to use this to help her. You have two guns. Can I have one? (laughs) You sure? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. I hand him back his gun. Alright, let's go let's go, Esther. What's fine hang on. What are you trying to find again, Esther? Oh, I left most of me still in the house. I mean I took I... my my speaking is here since you I don't actually remember math. It's very annoying. Mm. Um You mean that house that tried to eat me? Oh yeah. I'm sorry about that. You did you did seem tasty. And I was very hungry. Oh no okay. offense. No, and you're much better than the bird and stuff. All right, let's go. Pops into the car. Uh, Coombs. Um, are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You probably hear a big pop on your way <laughs> evening. <laughs> As I'm deeming my character to be at zero and done with life. <laughs> that I think would... Check out after this fun little time. Um, Hiram, you're going back. Meanwhile, um, Thomas and Carl are both running away, each one in a different, completely different space. Um, Carl, you make it to the road and it's like, it quiets down. You can still hear the voice like calling you in the back, but it's, it's getting weaker and weaker as you get out. Um, Thomas, meanwhile, you're running and running and you're trying to run. And as you're getting away from the house, you see, these like long tendrils like floating around you, this small, you see what almost looks like a inside out monkey. It's like almost the shape of a monkey. Instead of a head, there's like all these tentacles, but the body's like a monkey just almost like climbing on the air, but it's like completely inside out. It looks at you like with his head without any eyes, burbles something and then 
continues on. And you're just running and you're running. Um, give me a pal check as you're trying to get away. Um, I got a, a, a hard. A hard is enough. Um, Carl, you're running down the street, like going back, trying to make it, you know, as get yourself as far as you can. And you suddenly hear like this popping noise and you see just Thomas, like almost running next to you as if he was almost there, like closing his eyes. Um, give me a luck check, Thomas, to see if anything came back with you. <laughs> oh, I got really good. I got a 96. 96. <laughs> um, everything, everything Thomas, you back. don't notice at the moment. <laughs> Carl, you see back. this inside out, inside out monkey thing with these tentacles coming out of its head. Just like lashed onto the back of Thomas, making these like burbling noises. I've got an inside out monkey on my back. <laughs> I need a cigarette. <laughs> more sanity checks. Yeah. <laughs> Carl's just going to kind of just go, oh, Jesus. And, and <laughs> now he's got like a, a second wind. He's just going to kind of renewed vigor. He's running away from the house. And now Thomas. Okay. Like, um, yeah. That's, that's back, it. back in the house, Maureen and Priestley, um, what are you two doing? I mean, Maureen, I think you've been running around the building for like yep. the past 20 minutes. Yep. Um, and then the eye just disappears. Oh. It's not there anymore. I'm approaching the house. Okay. Um, you're near the house. You try and open the door by yourself, but again, it's like not budging. It's like the, the bottom layer of the house is mostly transparent. Um, but then it's like, it has like that breathing in, breathing out motion. As you're breathing in, and like you push your way through. Um, and as you're making your way in, you see every part that you saw that was almost semi alive before, for example, the room that seemed to try and eat um, Melnick before, that seems very like concrete and in your, like, which looks like you and you can see it. The rest is almost transparent, like. So um, but you feel the house moving. So there's something special about that room where... It almost um, seems like the places that are have been changed and have not, like, are... The less it is a normal house, the more you can see it in your place where you are. I'm still extremely paranoid, but I guess I'll follow after Everett for lack of better place to go in hopes of getting away from the eye if it comes back. Um, you dash, you're like running in. Yeah. Um, you hear Sedgwick behind you. It's like, it's very like staccato because it kind of talks and then disappears and then comes back and like phasing in and out. Like, no, you, ah, ha, Stop, stop. What? And they're like, that's what you can make in as you're running into the house. Right. And now in this place, you do, like, you can almost hear the sigh as the sailing of the house, the air coming through you. Um, and it's definitely, like, you're walking through the hallway, you get to the stairs, and you definitely hear it from, it's coming from upstairs. Do, do, we, do we hear, like, a heartbeat? Um, from where you are, give me a listen check. No, 80. 80. Is it 80? Don't, you're mostly hitting your own, your own heartbeat, Marine. I, I failed. So yeah, you're both, I mean, your heartbeat is pretty loud in your ears at the moment. So that's, that's as much as you can hear at the moment. 
But again, the gust of air comes down, the inhale comes back up. Okay, where's the air? Is it coming from a specific direction? Like it's coming from it's coming from upstairs, like going out through you to the hallway and outside. Okay, then I want to follow the air that's go up the stairs and follow that. Okay. So you're both heading upstairs. Um, and the upstairs, you see the floor and the walls all seem um, almost like, you know, body tissues are like red and pulsing and moving. Um, all the doors are like, op like opening in and out as if it's like some inside of some creature. Um, and you hear like this whimpering noise coming from what looks like a big door, like maybe you can almost see through it, it looks like a, a bed or something, but it's mostly opaque, so it's not very hard. It's, like, it's kind of hard to see in, but you do hear a whimpering sound from inside. Sounds like a man. Uh, Ms. Frank, do you still have your pistol? Uh, do I? No. Your pistol is not, did not phase in with you. That sucks. Okay, well, I want to open that door. You try and push the door open, and one of the doors is, oh, again, like it's less yellow and you can, doesn't move, but the other one you open in. Inside, you see almost like growing from the walls, looks like two lungs, giant lungs, like larger than both of you combined, pumping in air and out. And on the side, you see like this heart beating on the corner of the room. Um, you see this mouth like open and close and coming from the floor, which you like, open the, like the zips open if it wasn't there. And in the corner, in the bed, you see this older man like huddled up and crying. An older man huddled up and crying. Yep. So it's not Sedgwick. Ms. Frame, do you know who that do you recognize that individual? Do I? Um, I think you do. You were at a party at his house a few years back. Um, he seems more disheveled. His beard is longer. His hair is whiter. Um, his clothes are tattered, but it seems to be Hawk. You haven't seen him in years, but Hawk, is that you? That looks at you. Oh, I. Please, please get me out. I, I don't want to be in the house anymore. I want to, I want, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I want to get close to this, this guy. Is there any sort of a, is, is there any kind of synchronicity between his breathing and the house's breathing, between his heartbeat? Yeah, as you say that, you notice that as he's talking to you, the mouse on the side of the room is also like opening and closing much slower, but making the same kind of motions. And definitely when he breathes out, you can feel the dust from the lungs like coming at you and then he breathes in. Very in sync. And when you come closer to him, you see that he's, he's on the bed and it's almost like he's sticky substance holding him to the bed, like coming from the back of him and like attaching him to the bed. Like holding him against his will. Like, kind of like he's being pulled into the bed by this by the bed, but yeah, it's like he seems to be like being pulled in slowly. But okay, well, I think he, I think, I think the poor soul is beyond hope. I'm going to look for a heavy object. 
Um, you can find a few things, but they all don't seem to be moving. Again, they're all like in this other phase and like don't seem to be responding to your touch. Can I kill him with my bare hands? You can try. I will, I will try. He's not making, like you get near him, he's not like fighting, he's curled up and like, but as you like come to touch, to hold him, you start choking him, you see the lungs start to like, like sputter as if they were feeling it also. And then the mouth opens on the side of the wall right next to you and this giant tongue comes out and tries to grab you. Um, so give me a dodge. Oh, oh man, that's a cheap shot. Both of us or? No, just uh, just pretty. Um, I did get a 99 though, so I don't think you're gonna get it. I got a, I fell, I got a 70. Yeah, well, he got a extreme failure, so you're okay. You like, you move to the side, the tongue comes out to you, then you put um, Hawk between you and, and it, and just like stops midair and kind of curls back. What the fuck? Um, and you see that the opening is starting to close in. Meanwhile, um, Thomas and Carl, are you guys doing anything or are you just making a run for your life? Just running for my life at this point. Don't see much. Um, yeah, have I self-preservation? Have I noticed okay. monkey on my back? <laughs> um, I think after a few minutes, you hear like this gurgling noise coming from behind you. And you look back and you see this like it's like an inside-out monkey with small teeth on its body, and it's like these tentacles coming out. Carl, what oh, the fuck oh. is on my back? And it's just like it's staring at you. It's not, it's not aggressive. Get it off me. Get it off me. No, my friend, I am not touching it. It is the proverbial monkey on your back. You need to get rid of it. Uh, um, is there a tree nearby? <laughs> yeah, there's a tree. You can find a tree. I, I'm going to turn and I'm going to run towards the tree and then turn my back towards the tree and try to smash it against the... Okay. Um, Carl, are you going with him or are you just running off? Just wait for me, Carl. Uh, oh, yes, okay. As, as soon as he turns and goes towards the trees, Carl continues running. Okay. Um, Carl, you notice the car. Um, you think see Hiram in it, but you're not focused. He's just driving by you, like, back to the house. Yeah. Um, Thomas, Carl's going to run to Germany at this point. You hit the thing, and as it hits the tree, it like, makes this squealing noise and it starts yelling. Um, it makes like this almost sing-song screeching noise, and as you hear it, you can... It seems familiar. You remember this noise coming from this, like, in the nights we were dreams, the days that the kids were taken. Um, give me a power roll. Uh, fail. Fail. So you're just... You just stop. And you're just staring. And like you feel your muscles just like lock into place. I think it's howling. And he like crawls around you, look at you. And he doesn't have eyes or a face, but it looks very angry now. Um, and as you can't move, and it's singing this horrible that <clears throat> horrible noise, it's it comes for your face. Um, and I think that's the end of Thomas. As Lily, you're making it back to the back to the house. Um, you drive in, you see Cedric is like still phasing in and out. The yellow glow is like coming out of the building. Um, the smoke is getting much stronger also, like coming from 
like billowing out of one of the generators and outside the shack. Um, and and Esther's like in the back looking up like, I think I'm there. And she points, points up at the house. Oh, let's get you back. Okay. Um, you start making your way in. Everett and Marine, you see the, the mouse is like closing down on one side. And on the other side, it's starting to open up. What are you guys doing? The mouth of uh, this like or this like opening where the tongue came out. It's like almost sealing back into place on one side where it came, where it opened, and it's now opening on the other side, trying to not have uh, hawks in the in the middle between you guys. Well, can I see through this? Uh... <clears throat> the hole inside, you just see like red as if it's a uh, you know like a throat or inside of someone. At its opening. Uh, Everett, if you're trying to still pull Hawks out, you can give me a strength roll, try and yank him out. Well, I'm just trying to kill him. I'm not trying to kill him. Okay, I'm trying to kill him. So if you're trying to just kill him, then yeah, you're, I mean, he's not giving a fight. So you're just like trying, you're just choking him out and like sputtering and yelling and crying. Um, the house also seems to like shudder as you're doing this. Hiram, you, you're walking up with like little Esther is like running in front of you, and then she just stops and starts screaming again, like ah! just screams for like a whole minute, and then the house shudders and stops, and then she like slumps down and she looks back at you like, "Where's where's Mama?" We'll find her. I pick her up. And I go, Maureen, Maureen. Uh, you guys do hear from the end, somewhere downstairs this voice coming for you. Um, but just about then, the machine just overloads. There's like this loud explosion from the shack. Hiram, you're not close enough for it to do anything to you, but you see like this yellow pulse of light come out. Um, Marine and Everett, make, give me a power roll to see if you're managed to pop back out or if you're st stuck in there as it's opening closes. I got a success. Oh, yeah. I, have a I got a 13. Okay, Everett, that, is, that a, is that a normal success or a hard success? Uh, is that something I can spend luck points on? You can, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah so I'll just spend seven points of luck to make it a... Um, I got a hard and I can make it an extreme if I need it. No, a hard is good enough. Okay. So you see like this light pulse through you and then you like, you blinked and you're inside the room, the yellow haze is gone. Um, Hawks isn't there. These organs are still there, but they seem to be like almost blackening and collapsing in. And just about then, you also feel the floor shuddering under you, and one of the floorboards like crashes down. And it's everything is like crumbling around you. Oh well, I'm gonna try to get out of here if I can. Give me both dex rolls as you're like running out of the house. Success. Uh, as then. Uh. Uh, no, that's a fail. Um, do you want to push it or spend luck? Sure, yeah, I'm going to push it. You can push Since it. I don't, I don't have enough luck, but I can try to push it. Uh, so maybe I like, uh, I like really, you know, try to like really push it and like, uh, just like put pedal to the metal, like really go dangerously buy things, like maybe risk scraping myself. But I did get an 18, so that's a success. Okay. That's hard. Um, you don't fall into the acid room where Hiram was in before. And you both that's make good. a run for it downstairs. Hiram, you hear this noise coming, and I go out. Everett, I go out. 
with, with the girl. You're, you're like going mom. out, like heading back, holding Esther with you, and then you see Marine and, and Everett that's like jumping out of the out of the main no! door as the house is just like collapsing behind them. Don't don't shoot. <laughs> Run! Go! Um, oh. Meanwhile, you two are running out. Mm-hmm. You do hear oh. like a yell coming from the direction of Sedgwick. Um, and as all three of you are like, heading away from the house, it just collapses around you. Um, and you also see like these, like these red pieces flopping in, flopping down next to you. Like you see a part of the heart that like comes out the window and flops next to you. And just like it's deflating and crumbling. So, so what what was Cesar doing as we're what's he doing as I'm leaving? Because I mean, as you're leaving, you see he stopped fading and mounting, just like he's looking at you and he's like crumbled in, and then there's like a pop and he disappears. Like, I see his eyes go wide and then. Marine, you almost see this eye open up and a giant mouth like oh, close in no. on him as he disappears. Oh, do I, do, I, do I see Esther on the way out or no? Yes, Esther is with Hiram. She's like, she's not totally there. She's like kind of woozy, but I Yeah, I'm like, just going to like grab her and pick her up and take her with me out of there. Hey. I had first um, hospital. Um, and this is where we'll be ending. So. Tell me when, what happens to you guys as you're running away from this horrible, horrible house. Oh God. Well, I'm heading, I'm heading to the hospital, and when I get there, I'm going to be at Nancy's side. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably go with, with, with uh, for lack of a better place to go, I'll probably head with, uh, with, with Hiram uh, and bring, uh, you know, bring, bring Esther. Um, uh, okay. And and oh and and so I, I lost that gun, right? Yeah. Well, it is somewhere oh. in the ground. You can go look for it if you want, but it's. Uh, I'm, it if if I if I see it on the way out, I'll pick it up since it was it was my husband's gun that he shot himself with, so it's important. But otherwise, I'm more concerned with following her. I'm with you know with her. Uh, with give Esther. me a spot hidden and see if you can see it on the sure. way out. Uh no, I I'm no. too busy. I'm too busy carrying the grass. It probably has like these white slug things crawling all over it. I'm done with it. I don't need it. I used it. It did its purpose. Okay. Um, Nancy does make a recovery since all of the white wormy things were taken out of her. Um, Billy needs a while in the hospital. He's pretty, he's pretty bad. Um, but they manage to take out those things. They almost come, they can, they start to become much more physical and they can like take them out as they're doing the surgery. Uh, and I roll a medical and they got like an O2. So he's, he'll make it. Um, Carl is making a run for it, Germany. Um, he's just running and running. I think the first time you stop running, maybe three days in, like exhausted. You're not sure which state you're in at the moment. Um, but you can't hear the voice anymore, which is good. So, so uh, my character uh, takes. Uh, good notes what happened and starts writing turns starts a career as a weird, weird fiction author and becomes quite successful writing horror shorts uh, for you know pulp magazines and such okay 
Well, I am now 24 sanity, and I am walking away with this with an indefinite sanity, indefinite insanity, which is probably paranoia, as I'm like seeing eyes everywhere, and I'm like very protective of my daughter. <laughs> so who knows if that ever goes away? Sure, I'm being the only lawyer left in town now, reestablishes his business, and probably marries Nancy. I'm, I'm okay. insane. Needs, yeah. yeah, you. I think Marine and, and Nancy both need a while in the yeah. in the sanatorium, um, but they we eventually survived. make it out, <laughs> and you do survive. Um, and that's where we'll end it. I guess I go to Octopus Monkey Hell. Yes, you were you were eaten by the horrible octopus monkey thingy. Oh I decided to take the easy way out. Wow, <laughs> wow. So now So now, yes. Wow. What the Okay. Yes, so basically what happened was Hawks was experimenting a few years back into try trying and opening a portal or rift, something to he like believed in other dimensions that maybe read other dimensions. This was like when he left Arkham and Carl stopped talking to him. Um, but he was trying to research to see if he can open a way through. Uh, Cedric was his assistant, also from Arkham. And they're working together. Cedric was not too bright, so he didn't really understand how it was working, just like helping with you know the work needed to be done. Uh, and eventually he did succeed. And all those giant knives and pliers and stuff you saw in the walls were they would go in with like a rope or something to pull them back, head in for a bit and try and take these specimens of these floating creatures and stuff going around uh, and bring them back and try to see what they are, experiment them on them and so on. Um, one of them they called Species 17, which was like these yellow, these white slug thingies. And they realized that you could, if you stick it on someone, it just like goes through it, almost phases through his body. And they almost seem to like draw something from whoever they were in. And what they realized was that if you put it into someone else, they would expel it afterwards. Um, mechanically, what they were doing was basically they would leech pow and luck from whoever they were in, and they would expel it out to whoever you put them in. Um, so they were trying to experiment with that. And then one day, a few years back, Hawks said, OK, I'll, they were doing it for a few minutes every time. and said, OK, I'll put it on in me for like a day and see what happens. And then the next time they opened the rift, the day after, he was so intertwined with his creatures and it just, he phased out and got trapped in this other um, dimension and was stuck there forever. Um, Sedgwick now inheriting this house and this machine, um, realized that he could take these slug things and if he put them in someone else and then put them inside him, he would gain their like confidence and you know, this luck and success. Um, and basically he just decided he got a few people that he knew um, so that was Brink and uh, Malloy, who were all bitter and trying to get better in life. And Rossetti they added in later because they're not actually, you know, mobsters or anything. not very good with guns. So he was like a big, tough thug, like a small, um, small-time petty thief who they got in to help them with the dirty work. Um, and first they started on their bosses and people they could take advantage of, which is how you all guys got into where you were. Basically, they would stick this next to you so it would go inside steal your luck, and then everything would start failing and they would um, take over. Um, and then over the year, since then, they were just going every few weeks into the, uh, into the camp because they were like, okay, these are 
These are hoboes. Nobody cares about them. Nobody's going to notice. Um, now, that monkey thing, there was another one in the vats. That's what Nancy saw when she heard, when she said she was like, there was this doll they were pinning. I don't know if you remember from the beginning. She said there was this doll who was singing and she couldn't, she could only hear the singing and it was horrible. So there was another kind of weird specimen thing they found, which was kind of friendly, but if you poked it, started singing this horrible sound, would just paralyze anyone who could hear it. Because they would come in with like these earplugs and they would use it so no one would fight them back and they would take someone, stick it inside for a bit, wait a few minutes, take it out, and then um, lace the power back into them. Um, all of you were targeted for different reasons. Some of you could just through bosses. Um, Creasy was targeted because uh, his wife was trying to um, blow the lid on all the bad shit that Cedric was doing. Um, and basically what happened was the day before, so you didn't look into Cedric, but he was taking so much of this, these little creatures into him that he was starting to transform. He had like all these tiny mouths on his face, which is why he was covering it up with a white handkerchief. Um, oh. And he was getting desperate and like he had, he was getting addicted to this thing and had to get in. Um, and Drinkwell, the drink who you saw in the house was panicking and like trying to get away because he also started feeling the thing they were not getting out of him and crawling inside him. So he started to fracture, but the day before, um, he convinced him to go into the um, to the camp and actually take people and not just, you know, not just take them for a few minutes, put it in, but actually take someone with him and head back, like to stick someone with this thing for like a, multiple hours. Um, meanwhile, Hawks, this thing who was like floating in this other realm and his body was disconnecting, um, was trying to get back in over the years. And last night was just the night that he accidentally managed to slip through, but he didn't have a body anymore. So he just tried to get into whatever could hold him. And the biggest thing around was the house. So he slipped into the house and it was starting to transform when all of these guys were just like freaking out what the fuck just happened. So they made a run for it. The kids had just left there because they were scared and they just like forgot the kids. Um, and that's it. They basically ran, they were running back. And that night, Molloy was like, okay, I'll use this distraction to try and steal the machine for myself and make it on his own somewhere else because he was getting resentful of Sedgwick. Sedgwick was like, I, we need to stop this. But then the day came after and like, he didn't, you know, take the power and lot from anyone. So he's getting desperate and feeling the hunger again, which is why they went to the camp again. Um, and that's why, it, basically. Why did they take the kids? Oh, just because they were, they were the first ones they saw because they were like near the entrance and easy to take and small. So they could have taken anyone. They just took the kids because they were like young and healthy and Close. Mm. Um, it's like Nancy, they, they wanted to take Nancy also, but, but she was screaming and screaming because it didn't affect her completely, the, the yell. So they took the kids instead and didn't take her. Wow. Um, and, and the whole thing with Esther was basically, once you opened the rift, um, Hoth wasn't completely inside the house and it was kind of broken into pieces. So one of them just went into the most corrupted thing which you could easily slip into, which was Esther at the moment. Oh, what a crazy! Yeah, that creeped me out. Nervous story. <laughs> yeah, it's, wow. it's pretty horrible. It's, it's Thank you, Scott insane. Norwood. <laughs> it is Scott Norwood. Yes, good stuff. Good um, stuff. Crazy. Yes. Oh, to be wow. honest, so, yeah. I'm pretty sure all of our characters should be at zero by now. <laughs> yeah, you're. you're in, this was not a fun time for you guys. Um, yeah, the whole ending, the thing with. Um, him coming out and you phasing in and out um, 
that's me adding in because I, I was like, if he could get trapped in after a day with this thing, and you guys have been being treated with this for days, and just had new parasites inside of it. I mean, it would happen to you as well. Um, and he was still trying to break out. So that was like, that was my take of uh, what happened afterwards since you didn't destroy the machine. I'm just like overloading it and starting to um, break yeah. open. Awesome. Yes, Great job. <sighs> yeah. Thank you so much for running that for us. Thank, Thank you. you. Wow. Thank you guys. Really, friends. I really didn't think I was going to make it out. <laughs> I did not expect half of that. I thought we were legitimately going to stop some pedophiles. <laughs> yeah. Never, never that simple. Our <laughs> players included John Dos Passos, Patrick O'Brien, Brian Ridge, Theodore Martinez, Oren Meyer, and myself with Nimrod Slor Futterman as the keeper of the secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. There's a link below. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The cost of all of the shows are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account just a dollar to a month. Helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Riley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Darling, I hope that my dream never haunted you. My heart is telling you how much I wanted you. Gloomy sun.